Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. For everybody that might be unfamiliar with my voice, my name is Peter Mingles. We started Building Fortunes Radio a long time ago. It was towards the tail end of 2012, beginning part of 2013. And when we built this, I wanted a platform so we could talk about things related to home-based businesses. So, you know, my background was in direct sales, direct sales management. In 1996, when we moved down to Florida, um, I decided I didn't know what I was going to do because um, we moved down here, and then I was starting to look, and network marketing looked like a pretty good opportunity for me to be able to try to at least explore. Had all, it checked off all the marks that I was looking for, and uh, as a result of my previous limited background with network marketing with a company I was with, which was known as Electrolux. So um, when I started this radio show, I realized that if people are going to make something a hobby or just play around with it or maybe just buy products at a discount, they really need, they don't need to know a lot about the industry. It really doesn't matter. You know, it's just like a transaction. You order your product, you pay the company, they ship it to you. If you're building a little bit of a downline, you're going to get a commission, and who cares about the rest of the stuff? The rest of it's just drama. But if you're going to build this into a career, you know, where you might be able to be promoted and have a real significant lifelong income or maybe have uh, houses or maybe people associated with your business as well, that you probably need to be a little bit more serious about doing your research and understanding the industry that you're in. So we started Building Fortress Radio because I wanted to talk to people about the good, the bad, and the ugly related to home-based businesses. Well, there's a lot of stuff in this industry that you would probably suspect would be in this industry. The idea that there's uh, not a lot of money to get started. Uh, many people can get started for free or pretty close to free if they wanted to. Um, they, they let anybody just basically take a microphone or you know, grab a platform and talk about whatever it is, whether they should or shouldn't. It's a different story, but they can. Uh, many people, it's not like you have to go to school and get licensed in network marketing, although there was uh, an MLM certification course in the University of Illinois in Chicago with Dr. Charles King many, 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 many years ago before he passed. Um, the, uh, the idea is you can still become an MLM-er by um, just joining. You know, So if your credit card clears, you're in. And what would you expect if you had an opportunity for people to be able to make a ton of money and then really not necessarily need any schooling and probably less regulation than most other industries, you're going to get a cluster mess. I mean, it's going to be a disaster. So I knew that was going to be the case, meaning people are going to say whatever they're going to say, uh, honestly, dishonestly, whatever it might be. And I said, you know, we need to be able to educate people about what goes on in network marketing. So we started Building Fortress Radio, have lots of really great examples. And I did a radio show with Roger Van Vlissingen, um, because he was writing for Seeking Alpha, uh, a publicly traded website. Uh, I'm sorry, SeekingAlpha.com is a website that is a uh, rates kind of or has opinions on publicly traded companies. Roger Van Blissingen was one of those individuals that was writing there. And I asked him to come on the radio show because he was making some educated, critical points about what was going on with MLM. He brought a backup, I'm going to call him, his name is E. Robert Smith. 
and uh, we did a couple of radio shows. One of the first radio shows we did, though, was listened to by Scott Johnson, and Scott Johnson decided to call me. I remember the day. It was Labor Day. I'm, I'm almost sure the year was 2015, and when Scott called me up, he said, listen, I listened to that radio show, but there's something a lot of people are not talking about. Hardly anybody is talking about it. Nobody's doing any research on it, and I said, what's that, Scott? And he said it was the MLM tools scam. Now, for those people who have listened to us before, you might be familiar with, you know, I thought I knew that Scott was probably thinking or talking about the stuff that I was thinking about because my previous background, I had joined Amway three separate times when I was in Illinois. And I quit Amway three separate times because of what Scott would define as the tool scam. And the tool scam, as he'll you know, elaborate on a little bit later on, is um, the idea that they're making money on the books, tapes, and functions, and they're not telling you they're making money on the books, tapes, and functions. So your assumption is that all the money that they say they're making is based on Amway, and that's just not true. So when I asked Scott, hey, do you have a website? He said, I sure do. It's stoptheamwaytoolscam.wordpress.com. I knew that he was talking about the same thing that I was thinking about, and we started our radio show ever since. So for those people that might be listening in, there's a little bit more of a longer background for me, just so you have an idea of some of the things that are going on. And we've been doing this radio show either together, like him and I, or many times we have a guest. Uh, sometimes those guests are distributors. Sometimes those guests are like either vendors or suppliers. We've had some attorneys on before. We've covered all different topics, everything from obviously the MLM tool scam to stuff about pyramids and Ponzi schemes and even similarities in business models with cults and or sex trafficking, like child sex trafficking. We've even touched base on that. And there's been a lot of things we've spoken about. Sometimes we have a guest. Sometimes we do it on our own. Today we're going to do it on our own. So buckle up, listen in. And Scott Johnson, thanks for being here. And I know we did our last one just before Thanksgiving for other people that survived Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for being here, Scott. Hey, Peter, thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, I would like to sort of continue what you were mentioning earlier as far as it, all it takes is a credit card to join an MLM. You know, there's no expertise needed. There's no uh, license, unless you're in an insurance MLM, of course. Um, then there's state license requirements, um, but any other MLM, uh, there's really no requirement. And so literally anybody can join. I mean, even if you're a, a felon, <laughs> you might even be able to join from prison. I don't know. Um, but there's there's really no gatekeeping at all. Um, and, and so, you know, there is a lot of, or there are a lot of people that join that really have no business joining, no real reason to join. Uh, maybe they were told or maybe they interpreted this is a get-rich-quick scheme. You know, there's all kinds of people that join an MLM that really shouldn't, uh, but they do, and they always will because the people that try to sponsor them, uh, recruit them, um, want to make money and that's how you make money by by recruiting new people so uh, and maybe it's not directly the act of recruiting them or signing them up but it's often the case where when they do join it's either very heavily recommended or it's required 
to buy some of the MLM products. And so that's where the profit comes from. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the only thing that's wrong with that is if you don't have retail sales to customers, you know, people who are not part of the MLM compensation plan, then it's an illegal pyramid. And, and most MLMs have that that uh, situation going on. So, you know, and just a couple of um, examples, because a lot of the anti-MLM Huns, you know, cite the high failure rate. You know, there's 99.7, whatever. Um, it, and it's just silly because from a personal standpoint, I know that when I, um, you know, was finishing up high school and decided um, I was going to uh, go to college and, and um, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. And so I went for a Navy ROTC scholarship and I got it. Um, and I was looking up online just the other day, and I don't know what the numbers were back in my day, but in, in the current day, and it was probably similar, um, of the uh, 5,000 people that applied for a Navy ROTC scholarship in a recent year, uh, 1,500 of them got it, so about 30%. So, you, you know, I think the anti-MLM Huns would call that a 70% a failure rate because <laughs> – 70% didn't get the scholarship. Now, if you look at the the Marine Corps, um, it's down to around 13% get accepted, uh, you know, compared to those that applied. And and so it's, you know, you're already cutting out a bunch of people just by, you know, the pool that apply and then, and then picking the, the number that you'll need to get into the Navy to keep running the ships and everything, right? Um, you know, there's a reason they take so many people. It's because they need so many people to keep things going. Um, and then, and I know I've mentioned this before in the show, but I'll say it again. Um, one of my first classes, you know, at, at uh, Tulane University where I went to college, uh, they, they jammed us in this up stairs classroom all the freshmen were up there i don't know it was like 50 or 60 of us and and somebody got up in front of the room you know i don't know if it was a chief or a lieutenant somebody um that was you know at the unit that had come out of the fleet so they had experience um they said okay ladies and gentlemen look to your left and look to your right because only one of one third of you are going to be here after four years. There's going to be about a two thirds dropout rate. That's just how it works. And and so I I didn't I don't think physically turn my head to the left and right, but mentally I did. Uh, and in my mind I was thinking, oh, I'm really sorry for you guys uh, <laughs> because I'm going to finish. I was determined. Um, and actually I think we actually only finished with about one fourth of the numbers it started. So now you're talking about, you know, you're already taking out 70%. Now you're taking out another, you know, two thirds to three quarters. So you're down to, you know, maybe 10% um, of, of those that started. And, and so, um, and I've asked this question before, you know, to some of the MLM Huns, you know, do you think that process is a scam? And they always say no. Um, in another similar uh, way, uh, again, this is a Navy story. Uh, I, I happen to have the privilege to um, attend a conference recently where uh, Rob O'Neill was the headline speaker. And for those of you who don't recall, Rob O'Neill was the Navy SEAL who put 
uh, three bullets in Osama bin Laden's forehead. Um, and, and so now he was in uh, Team 6, Navy SEAL. And he told us at this conference, and I've since um, confirmed this online, that um, and I actually went down to the recruiting center recently because there's a process to get to be a SEAL Team 6 member. Uh, the first step of the process is where you express interest and you have to be able to pass, you know, a certain physical standard and then you go through some more physical training and you also have to pass a second more stringent physical standard. Um, but it's not extreme. And so probably at least 80% of the people get through there. Um, because they already know what the requirements are and, you know, unless there's a medical issue, most of them get through. But then when you get to the real SEAL training, you know, the, the, the BUDS, they call it, um, basic underwater demolition something or other. But anyway, um, about 85% wash out. Okay, <laughs> you only have 15% that make it through Navy SEAL training. Uh, and it takes about eight months to do that. And then if you want to go on to SEAL Team 6, which is kind of like the diamond of SEALs, <laughs> to, to make an Amway uh, comparison, um, only about half of the people, now get this, they're already SEALs, right? Now they want to go on SEAL Team 6. About half of them don't make it. And it doesn't take eight months to get qualified on SEAL Team 6. It takes nine. It's actually longer to get there. So if you do all the math, that's about a 94% washout rate. Um, and a lot of those people that don't make it, you know, that 85% that wash out um, through the, the main SEAL training, uh, a lot of them are physical injuries. You know, somebody blows out a knee or a shoulder or ankle or hip or whatever because um, it's a rough training program. Um, but again, that's just another example of um, – most people don't make don't make it through anything that's challenging, right? Because a lot of people aren't serious. A lot of people, you know, some of it's just injuries, like in the seals. Um, for for me at Tulane, it was a thirty-five cent um, uh, trolley ride to to the French Quarter. So a lot of kids got caught up in that. Um, they weren't studying very much. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons, all kinds of reasons why people don't finish something. Um, but just using the percentage alone is not a reason why MLMs are evil because you can't make that comparison to the other examples I just gave you. Um, everyone agrees those are not scams, but they're still a very, very high uh, or a very, very low, let's call it, uh, success rate. And and so I know from my own personal experience in Amway, a lot of people joined and then they did either nothing or very little before they quit, you know, next to nothing. Um, and so they didn't even try. And how can you count somebody who doesn't even try as a failure? Uh, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and, and you have to go deeper into something to determine, okay, why is that number the number um, and, and that's really important to understand the why because otherwise you're saying that one thing that has a high failure rate uh, is a scam and another thing that also has a high failure rate is not a scam and doesn't make any sense unless you can 
point out what the differences are. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there um, for those MLM Huns that think that all you have to do is know the the percentage and that man, it's so terrible. So so anyway, um, so yeah, you mentioned the tool scam, and we'd like to go over right. that towards so the beginning hold, of our show. So, so here's oh, yeah. the frustration, right? So the typical MLM. Your, or anti-MLM YouTuber guru or the uh, FTC witness would say, so we looked at the reports, and there's obviously the, the Marines is a scam because they have a 94.99% failure rate. It says it right here on the statistics. You know, So whether it's a, a, a federal uh, witness or whether it's a guy who writes a book or whether it's a guy who runs a university you know, at MLM conference or it's a, you know, a dickhead who's running a YouTube um, uh, channel, uh, they would say, oh, see, told you, Marine scam, you know, 94% failure rate. That's, you'd say, well, you didn't listen to anything that I just said. And they, just, they don't. They don't. And they'll say, well, all the statistics show. And, we, and then we went to the Army, because I'm sure the Army has probably an elite, if you will, uh, you know, unit as well. And they say, even, even the Army, they have a 96% failure rate. And they probably went to the Air Force and they said, well, you know, what are your statistics? Oh, see, they're a scam too. The military is a scam. You'd say, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, you have no concept of anything. We're, like, where the hell, why, how the hell do you live in the real world? So I just kind of want to mention that because that's typically what happens, Scott. You know, we can have an educated conversation about something, and then the anti-MLMers just sit there and they just blow it off like it was never said. And they say, see, it's a high failure rate. It's got to be a scam. Regardless, got to be a scam. So don't compare it to anything else because it's probably a scam. So anyway, so back to you. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And all the armed services have special forces, which I'm sure have similar you know, washout rates or success rates, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, now, I think the Navy's is probably the most challenging. I'm a little bit biased there, but um, it's pretty intense. And I know the other ones are also very, very good, um, but probably have similar success rates. And that's just the way it is. You know, there's no evil in that. It's just you have to be really, really good to be able to be one of those people. And and it's nothing against the people that didn't make it through. They just weren't good enough. You know, and I think a lot of the the uh challenge these days, especially with the younger crowd, is everybody wins, everybody gets a trophy, right? Um we're all equal and and if we're not all equal then we're upset. And and that's just a common societal change that we're going through. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of pushback on that now. Um, I, I saw a really funny, uh, I think it was a YouTube thing where this guy walks into a, a female gym and he says, I'm a woman and I'm going to work out. <laughs> and he calls himself a you know a woman's name and, and all the people that work there say, you can't come in here. This is, this is only for women. And he says, well, I'm a woman. He's obviously a dude, but but that's the you know that's the ridiculousness we've gone to um, that you can assign your own sex. Um, <laughs> there was another story recently at some university. Some guy joined a uh, fraternity, and, and and he said, "Oh, I'm a woman," <laughs> and and the fraternity actually sued him and lost. The the court found that he actually can claim to be a woman, and he has to be admitted to the sorority. So, so that's just crazy, you know. Um, 
And we've also had people, um, you know, sent to prison. They have a sex change operation, you know, from a man to a woman, uh, and then they go and rape some of the other women prisoners. Some of them even have babies. So, you know, it's just mind-bogglingly crazy right now. Um, but I think that's part of what's going on with these anti-MLM huns. They, they're all mixed up. They don't understand just basic logic. And, and they, they can't, like you said, they can't handle the facts. They have to stay on their point, and they can't consider anything else because it would just confuse them beyond belief. It's, it's pretty amazing. So, so um <clears throat> So, yeah, to, to get back to the tools, so this is where, particularly in Amway, because not all MLMs have these tool scams, um, but in Amway, the upper-level distributors, they call them IBOs, independent business owners, um, they charge for tickets, for books, for recordings, for phone apps, for websites, for um, voicemail. There's just all kinds of uh, places to make money, and they make a lot of money. And we know this because some of them that have gotten kicked out start talking. And that's what I have on my websites is I've captured as many as I can find um, where they said, oh, yeah, I was making, you know, three times, four or five, maybe ten times or more from the tools compared to Amway. But they didn't talk about that while they were in. And the people that are in do not talk about it while they are in. It's a you know, semi-secret. Now, the Internet has helped a little bit because there's, there's more visibility. Um, but I look at that as RICO fraud. I'm not a lawyer, but um, it's certainly business fraud, right? Because when you misrepresent a business model to somebody that you're trying to get them to join you in business and you're not telling them the whole story, then that's fraud. And, and why the FTC doesn't see that, it blows my mind. Um, but anyway, that's um, one, one piece. That's the tool scam. Um, the other piece, which I think is either universal or nearly universal, I kind of um, have some questions on the insurance MLMs. Uh, they might have um, the ability, and they actually do um, have significant retail sales. And again, retail sales are sales to somebody who is not part of the MLM compensation plan. In other words, upline and downline don't count. Only people who are not in the MLM. That's the only people that count as far as retail sales. Um, and those are very low from everything I can tell. All, all, all the evidence that I have come across, and the main reason for that, there's a couple main reasons. One is uh, the products are typically overpriced. And so when you try to approach a customer, hey, do you want some of this really expensive whatever, shampoo, vitamins, you know, whatever the MLM is, um, typically a customer will say no because it's overpriced. Um, and you can make all kinds of claims about whatever product you're, you're trying to sell, um, but it's still a hard sell, you know, no matter how good the product, if it's two or three or more times what they could find in a similar product in the market, um, you're going to have a tough time selling it. And so um, that's, that's one of the big things. The, the other big thing, uh, and it really comes, it applies to those MLMs that have tool scams, is the upline really does not want you to go out there and sell products because they're going to make pennies on those products. But if you go out and recruit somebody new and that new person buys the tools, 
now the upline isn't making pennies, they're making dollars. And so just from a pure economic standpoint, you know, forget about ethics, morals, and legalities. Um, it just makes business sense to recruit versus sell. And and so that's another incentive in an MLM that has a tool scam to not sell the products. Um, now, if you don't, and I, and I saw Narco's uh, video, we're going to talk about him some more later, um, his uh, goodbye video that he did about a week ago. Um, he was playing some of our show that we had just done recently, and I was explaining how the lack of retail sales is the exact definition of an illegal pyramid. And he's on there shaking his head back and forth on his video, like, no, that's not it. That's not it. But he never said what it is, right? He just disagrees with me, but he won't go out and say what it, what an illegal pyramid really is. Um, I think it's probably like most of the other MLM hunts where he gets his information and he thinks that it's the multiple levels and it's the recruiting and, and all of this, but that is not anything that the FTC has ever gone after. The FTC has always gone after the lack of retail sales um, and, and they got settlements out of Vima and Herbalife back in 2016 that required a certain level of retail sales, generally as much or more than what you personally consume within your own household. That's what the settlements agreed to um, as far as adequate. Um, and then more recently in 2019, um, AdvoCare uh, settled with the FTC and it was interesting because AdvoCare decided that they would drop the MLM model and go to direct sales, direct selling, which means every individual that's a distributor works directly for the company. They don't have any upline or downline, and the only place they can make their money are sales to customers. And AdvoCare made that decision to completely drop the MLM model um, and, and do direct selling. So we know that the FTC is focused on this and, and they also uh, say that the lack of retail sales is an illegal pyramid. But again, the MLM Huns don't want to understand the facts. They just want to do whatever drama they're doing and, and not come to a logical conclusion. Now more recently, in the Neora case, um, the same emphasis was placed on retail sales um, in that case, but in that case it was unique because um, Neora actually had somewhere like 70 or 80 percent of their uh, products being sold to real customers, and the FTC said, no, 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 it's only 1 percent, and, and we, we were so confused by this for like two or three years while this lawsuit was working its way through the court system. Um, and finally, when we got the decision, I think it was in September, um, what happened was, um, and this is probably, part of this is probably uh, Bosley, their so-called expert, um, you know, giving them input. Um, but basically, the way Neora um, recorded their retail sales was if you paid full retail price, then that was labeled a retail sale. If you were a preferred customer where you, you know, would pay, I think, a certain amount of money for the privilege of a discount, then 
the FTC in all their wisdom, I say that with air quotes, um, decided that that was not a retail sale, even though it was a non-MLM uh, compensated customer. And I don't know how they screwed that up so bad, but they did. Um, but again, the FTC has continued to place emphasis on retail sales. They just stopped understanding what constitutes a retail sale. So <laughs> it, was, it was a disaster of a case. It was the worst the worst defeat I think I've ever seen uh, the FTC to an MLM just, and, and the judge trashed the FTC all throughout the, the lawsuit, the, the decision that she made. It was really incredible um, how critical she was of the FTC and how they just bungled it, you know, just totally screwed it up. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the two big things, right? Lack of retail sales, illegal pyramid, and tool scams, RICO fraud or business fraud. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the, the lead-in for tonight. Did you have any comments or we can get into whatever nope. we want to talk about? Oh, good. Nope, we can get into it. Okay, so I guess, I guess first I'll follow up with, um, uh, I know we, we talked about Vince a couple times, or at least once in a pretty recent show, where um, this is a guy that, got on to uh, one of Marco's, or actually several of Marco's videos, um, you know, making comments during the video saying, hey, I want to debate you. I want to debate you. And Marco wasn't noticing it. I think he even sent him messages on social media. Marco didn't see it. This went on for a couple of weeks. And then uh, finally Marco did see it. And he says, oh, yeah, because he loves to um, debate people who, you know, have a different idea than him. Uh, <laughs> so, and so... We covered this a couple of weeks ago. I won't go into the details, but basically I contacted Vince and I said, hey, you know, why don't you um, debate someone who knows what they're talking about? Why would you waste your time on Marco? And uh, I also said, if, if you're interested, respond to this email. If you're scared, don't. And, and so that got Vince really upset <laughs> for some reason. Um, and he didn't answer me. And I sent like two or three other emails going, man, you must really be scared of me. You know, um, you know, how come you're not responding <clears throat> and so forth. Um, and so, uh, eventually, um, I was making comments on Vince's YouTube and, and he was saying, well, you know, you were so, you were so mean to me. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna debate you cause you were so mean to me. Now this guy is a, is a black bodybuilding, uh, gay guy. Okay. Vince, that's who he is. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, anything other than stating facts because when he was on uh, narcos video doing the debate, um, he brought this up. I think it was at least five or six times, maybe even more than that, that the fact that he was gay. And um, I, I know that the other people making comments were getting tired of it, and finally they pushed back a little bit. You know, they didn't want to push back a lot because, you know, it's politically incorrect these days to uh, make fun of anybody that's not a, uh, you know, a white male, basically, um, that it's just wrong. And so um, – they, they really held back, even though I'm sure a lot of them were getting pretty fed up. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite stories that Vince said on that, on that show with Marco, if you want to see it, um, uh, we call him Narco, but it's always Marco 
uh, is his uh, YouTube handle. It's all one word, always Marco. And uh, you can look up the the uh, debate with Vince. And at one point, Vince said, oh, yeah, I went to a uh, you know, one of these big, we call them major functions in, in Amway, you know, a big convention, basically, a lot of people, thousands of people usually. Um, and he was there. He had his own hotel room. And um, and then one of his uplines said, hey, um, another one of your upline uh, can't afford to pay for his room, and we want him to stay with you. And Vince really, really disliked that. He, he pushed back and said, I really don't want to do that. Um, but finally he gave in and, and allowed, you know, his own upline to share the room with him. Um, you would think his upline would be making more money, um, and there's more to that in a second. Um, but the reason that Vince was so upset was, and, and by the way, he used to be married. He used to have a husband, um, and, and apparently he was divorced at this point. And and, and what he wanted to do um, was go down to a uh, a gay bar in town at the convention that they were at uh, and pick up another guy and, and bring him back to his hotel room and have sex with him. This is on this is on Narco's video. All right, you think I might be making this up? This is actually what they what he was talking about. And, and so he was upset by that. And then he later finds out that his upline that couldn't afford the hotel room was a drug addict. Well, no doubt he, you know, he couldn't afford the room because he was spending his money on drugs. So, I mean, the story is, <clears throat> it's incredible, you know, as far as the ridiculousness of everything. Um, and I even um, sent Vince the link to uh, Narco's video, which is now on Rumble, where he talks about being a cocaine dealer. Um, and and uh, you can go on Rumble right now. There's a user, text, text, T-E-X, T-E-X, that um, put this video up. This is Marco's own video. That's not somebody else talking about him. It's right there with his face and voice. Um, yeah, I was a cocaine dealer, you know, and he says it. And he's never really apologized or or you know, put across any kind of regret or, you know, I, w I wish I hadn't done that or anything along those lines. And if he did, I wouldn't believe him anyway, because he's a big liar. So, you know, at this point, it doesn't really matter what he says about it. Um, but anyway, um, so that brings us up to the last video that, that Marco did. And, and, and Vince was having a really intense back and forth in the comments section with Glenn, who's been a, a, a you know, guest on this show numerous times. Um, Glenn kept, you know, getting under Vince's skin and, and, and Vince eventually um, said that he would come on this show. Um, and Glenn wasn't really trying to get him on the show. He was trying to start an argument with him. Um, and I don't know why Vince, said something to the effect of, well, if all you guys really want me to go on Scott and Peter's show, I'll do it, right? Because there, there wasn't that much of a call for that. But he said it in the comments section. That, again, this is in writing on, on uh, Marco's video. Uh, I think it's called Goodbye. It, it's the last most recent video. Um, so I wrote Vince an email. This is my uh, more recent email to him that was back on Wednesday, the 29th of November. It, it says, Vince, I saw your comment on Marco's recent live stream that you would debate me on my podcast. 
guest. We already have a guest for this Saturday. This is next Saturday, December 9th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time work for you. Regards, Scott J. Um, now, at one point, Vince claimed that I said best regards in, in an earlier email. I don't do that. I just say regards. So and there you go. Just, just a little bit of accuracy there. Um, so his, his answer to me was this. Since everybody wants a debate, I will check my schedule. <laughs> okay. So, so I wrote back an email saying, I have a first come, first serve policy. <clears throat> Excuse me, which I do, right? As soon as I get somebody to commit to one of these shows, then they're locked in. Um, I don't push them out of the way. If they commit, they're in. If someone else comes along, well, you're going to have to go to the next weekend or the next weekend, you know, that you're available um, to, to get on the show. So then Vince comes back to me. This is all on, this is all on Wednesday now, right? Um, he says, Scott, I'm a very busy person with a ton of obligation to my clients, along with people who work for me, so they always come first. Nothing personal but you've not demonstrated any incentive to come on the show. Maybe you get Peter to contact me instead. <laughs> so, so this is the last email we had. I, I answered him. I said, goodbye. We'll be sure to talk about you without you on the show. I'm sure you're very busy, as I see you on Narcos videos making comments all the time. Liar, coward, LOL. That's the last. Um, that's the last communication we've had. So, and, and so, I don't think Vince is going to be on the show. Uh, and this guy just, this guy just changes back and forth so much. You know, he makes a written commitment, and then he backs out. He comes up with an excuse, and you know, it, it's just a totally unreliable person, as far as I'm concerned. So that's the Vince saga. I think it's over. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> See what happens, um, but I don't know. Did, did you have any comments about that? No, I'm not, I'm not really sure how much he would add to the content of the show anyway, because he really doesn't know that much about MLM. I know he says he's been in MLM for a real long time, but like we kind of alluded to towards the beginning part of my show, just because you're in one and your credit card clears doesn't necessarily mean you know a lot about the industry. So, uh, and that may not be necessarily a um, uh, a bad thing. Some people are focused on what they do. They are totally focused on what they do. They don't care about what their competition is doing. They don't care about what the government is doing. They don't care about anything. They're just going to focus on whatever they're doing. So if they want to, I'm not going to say be, um, uh, I'm not going to say dumb because it has nothing to do with smartness. But if you want to be focused, I guess that's fine. But if, you, if you're going to stay focused and you're not going to study the industry, then don't consider yourself an expert on the industry because you're not. You're just focused on whatever you're doing. So I, I don't see how much Vince is going to be able to add to it besides more of the drama, which he probably likes anyway because people of his persuasion. And you pick which one, <laughs> whether it's the bodybuilder or whether it's the YouTuber or whether it's the gay guy. I don't know. Maybe all three. Pick any one of those people of his persuasion. Um, uh, usually like the drama, so I'll leave it at that, Scott. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, ironically, and I've said this on the show before, um, when it comes to MLM, I actually agree with most of what Vince supports because Vince has claimed, and I take his word for it, 
that when he joins an MLM, he's been in at least two or three, I think, um, he does a lot more retail sales than he does recruiting. And, and so I don't think that everyone needs to have the retail sales that Vince has had, you know, in his MLMs, but, um, you know, you do need to have retail sales. And, and, you know, he carries that flag much stronger than required is admirable. Um, but, again, he's just kind of a flaky dude and or dude-ass. I don't know which, which uh, one he associates with. But, um, yeah, just, just kind of a squirrely guy. Um, he, he admitted recently, uh, I think, this, again, was on uh, Narco's latest video that, um, you know, he didn't have a dad growing up. He started selling Avon at 13 years old. So, you know, you just start putting things together and you can understand why somebody who I said, you know, if you're scared, don't respond to my email as if it's, you know, a life-threatening activity to answer an email. Um, uh, I guess you could use the word butthurt, which probably has special meaning for Vince. That's the fact, right? I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> and he's the one that kept bringing it up. So, you know, I don't mind piling on. It's it's not a problem, uh, except not piling on in that way, okay? It's, right. It's a football piling on, not a gay piling on. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> You're going um, to have a whole new bingo game written up after you on this show. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll we'll stop talking about Vince because he's really not worth it. Like you say, he's not worth that much time. Um, even though I agree with a lot of his MLM uh, perspective, you know, more people should be selling more products. There's no doubt. Um, but there you go. That's that's what you get. Um, so I guess we could talk about narco a little bit. How how does that sound? Sure. That sounds good. So just um, I just want to make sure that everybody knows what you said a little bit earlier. Not everybody may be familiar with Rumble. They may have heard the term. But Rumble is a website that allows people to upload things, and they're less censored than uh, most other platforms. So it's Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E dot com. And then you could sign up for a free account, just like a YouTube thing. And then um, if you do like forward slash Scott Tex Johnson, you'll be – no, it's not that one. It's Tex Tex, Scott. I think which one do you say? Tex Tex? Yeah, it, it's Tex Tex, yep. So if you go to um, – uh, uh, if you want to see I, – when I said Scott Tex Johnson, that's his Facebook – that's Scott's Facebook site. So if you want to see the stuff that Scott puts on Facebook, um, you go to facebook.com forward slash Scott Tex Johnson. But on this Rumble thing, it's text text. And I think if you always look, I think if you look for an always Marco, you might even find that same video reproduced there too. So you'll be able to see that narco video where he basically for a long time talks about his personal situation, a friend of his and how he used to deal and sell drugs. So the reality is, is it's right there for you. So when people like to re-upload things, I guess they can re-upload that as well as many times as they want. I know it was on YouTube, and then he took it down. Marco took it down you know, for whatever reason. Who knows why? But the reality is it's still up there. And um, there's also some other things, because Marco does have a horrible way of telling the truth. If you go to com, 
Marco, M-A-R-C-O, Mukabir, M-O-U-K-H-A-I-B-E-R, MarcoMukabir.com. You'll be able to see some stuff there, too. And if you go to alwaysmarco.lol, alwaysmarco.lol, you'll see that the LOL is replacing the .com, and you'll be able to see some stuff that he's done there as well as, you know, interesting uh, voicemails that he's left for interesting people. And um, there's some other ones too. But I, I do have to separate something, Scott, just for clarification purposes. Uh, Marco is anti-MLM. And for those people in MLM, like multi-level marketing, they might know what that means. But if you're gay... MLM could mean men loving men. So someone was kind enough to register and put a domain name MarcoMukaBear.gay to kind of just give you some definitions and let you know that he doesn't mean he's anti-men loving men. He's probably pro that, um, although I can't speak for him. I'm not inside his head, but anybody who knows Marco would probably see that he is pro MLM, that MLM, he's anti-MLM, meaning the multi-level marketing. So I'm just so gracious that someone put up gay to make sure that he doesn't offend his gay audience, because that would be really a shame for people that are probably even on his chat who are typing in as we probably speak if they're replaying this back on their channel. So back to you, Scott. Yeah, in fact, when... Just, um, what, just want to be transparent. Yeah, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Um, so, in fact, when Vince was on uh, Marco's show for the interview, there's a guy that makes comments regularly, watches Marco's videos. Uh, his name is Treytino, T-R-E-Y-T-I-N-O. And if you look him up on YouTube, I mean – you know, his picture is in the dictionary when it comes to gay. It, it's You can just see it. Um, and he was making all kinds of cat calls to Vince during this this uh, debate. Like, oh, you're really cute, and I would love to be under you, and just stuff like that. <laughs> and so, I mean, can you imagine if, 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 if Narco had a female guest and people were making cat calls to that woman during the video? I mean, they would be blocked and censored and everything else. But, you know, when you're gay, you don't have to pay for it. So right. um, it's just it's just one of those things. Um, but, yeah, he in, – in fact, um, even when Marco didn't have Vince on his show, but he was showing some some video from that previous show, uh, Tretino was all in there too going, oh, yeah, I really like this guy, you know. It was just kind of one of those things. So anyway <laughs> – so, so um, apparently Narco, we call him Narco, um, he goes by always Marco, all one word. In fact, you can find numerous videos on rumble.com. If you just go to rumble.com and then type in the, a search for always Marco, all one word, um, then you'll see several videos, some of them that he's put up, some of them that other people have put up, um, but it's all there on Rumble, and like you said, Rumble doesn't, um, you know, censor uh, nearly as much. Although I, I have noticed on 
some of the videos that I've made comments about him, uh, the comments have been taken down. I don't know why, um, but the videos are all there, so that's all that really matters. Um, I don't really care about my comments taken down, uh, given that the videos are still there. So anyway, um, yeah, so this fellow, uh, Narco, um, you know, he thinks that he made us, right? Now, we were making the show for several years before he came along, and we're probably going to be on doing the show long after he's disappeared. Because um, I've, I've noticed this over the years. I've been doing this since 2005 when I found out about Amway's tool scam. I found that a lot of people are in there um, involved, and then they go away. You know, they lose interest whatever, they lose the argument, whatever. I don't know all, all their reasons. I, I can't get into their minds, uh, but they disappear. Bottom line, they're not there anymore. And this has happened many, many times over the years where somebody, you know, who pretends to be, uh, you know, dominant, smart, whatever, um, they end up leaving and, the, and they don't hang in there. I guess there might be like a, a 99.7 failure rate for uh, anti-MLM huns continuing to complain about MLMs. I'll have to look at that statistic, see if that's true, <laughs> see if that holds true. Um, but it, most of them are gone. I mean, they come and they go. And so, you know, for Marco to claim that uh, that he made us, <laughs> it, it's just laughable. It's laughable. So, so the latest news on him is um, when, when some people started giving him a dose of his own medicine, uh, he folded faster than a cheap tent. I mean, he on his last show, his last video, it's it's on his YouTube. It's entitled "Goodbye." Um, he apparently had been getting followed by some people. Don't know who it was. I'm I'm thinking it was probably some World Financial Group people because he, you know, has been following them. He followed them to a a charity hockey game and. You know, he's been to their meetings and, you know, secretly recording them and all this kind of stuff uh, into someone's office, talking to them. <clears throat> and they weren't aware that they were being recorded, of course. Um, and then he comes out and makes these gotcha videos. Um, so apparently they turn tables on him and they know where he lives. They know the gym he goes to. They know his relatives. Uh, he claims they have been harassing all of the above. And... Um, and he decided he's going to move out of the country. So, you know, he claimed he was really brave and, 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 you know, courageous for doing these videos. But the second somebody, you know, pokes him in the chest a little bit, he, he runs away like a crybaby. Um, so now he's going to move, he says, he's a big liar, so we don't know, but he says he's going to move somewhere overseas. My guess from some of the clues he's left, because he says it's not in this, on this continent, it's in a different continent, and he's going to go learn uh, some kind of martial arts something or other uh, while he's over there. So I'm, I'm just guessing that it's something like Malaysia or Singapore or, you know, one of those sort of island countries out there in the, you know, in the Western Pacific. Um, don't really know. He says he's not going to tell anybody. I think he's probably told a couple of people that have, you know, sworn to secrecy. Um, but uh, he said, I'm going to keep moving around because uh, I don't want these, what he calls, paid assassins, um, you know, overly dramatic stuff. I don't want these people to uh, know where I am, so I'm going to have to keep moving. I probably won't reveal where I am until after I've left. You know, you won't know 
where I was until I make a video there and I'm already gone. I've gone someplace else. So that's that's his plan. <laughs> so, and I think he's running away from several things. He's running away from these people that are just giving him a dose of his own medicine, which he doesn't like. I think he's running away from all of these uh, civil lawsuits that MLMs have him buried in. He's probably not paying his lawyers, so his lawyers are chasing him. The MLMs are chasing him. Uh, he, he's broke, you know, with the inflation. He's not making uh, much money from YouTube. Um, his apartment rent has gone up. And so just a variety of reasons, um, he's apparently skipping town. We don't know this, but uh, his last video was, I think, last Saturday. And he says, I'm not going to be around probably for the whole month of December, uh, maybe even in, into January. Um, and, and I got the impression that he was going to stay in Canada through the month of December and then go overseas starting in January. Again, that's nothing he said explicitly, but... You know, that's sort of the dots I've connected in listening to him. So so that's the latest narco uh, bit. Did, did you have anything to add on that, Peter? No. I. You know, all I know is he's a pathological liar, so you really don't know what's going on with him. But it's probably finances first uh, because he's being tracked down for all these lawsuits, and he's probably being tracked down from the – government for taxes because there's probably more complications to that and probably also those lawsuits and stuff like that. Some of it might be fear, um, but I think most of it's probably the idea he's just basically running away and he doesn't know what to do anymore. It's going to be a shame um, when other things happen to him as well, but uh, it'll be interesting. And I don't think he has the balls to actually leave the continent. He's not that brave. Um, and he's not that adventurous, and I don't think he's that capable of doing it. But if he does, that'll be his further demise. And the thing that I'd really like to highlight, Scott, is in one year, he went from, I think I'm going to make, you know, my next focus of MLM videos or anti-MLM videos to within one year, he's completely disrupted his own life. So we saw him kick his own ass in his gym when he when he busted up his shoulder and we've seen him you know kick his own ass with his own mouth relative to lawsuits and probably with the women as well and uh, in one year the guy has totally self-destructed himself when now his best chance is to flee so uh, just uh, interesting to see always stupid marco yeah he actually took off last year cuz he was doing anti mlm stuff up until the beginning of last year, 2022, then he did all kinds of other stuff in 2022, total failure at every single one of them. Uh, and then he decided, gee, I'm not making any money. I better get back into anti-MLM because he was making a little bit of money doing that. Now he's making even more money uh, selling cocaine. Um, but uh, I think he got scared of that too. You know, when his buddy Philip got arrested and, you know, somehow wiggled out of uh, being held accountable, um, you know, that scared Marco. And so that's why he started doing other stuff. Um, although, again, he's a very good liar. It would not surprise me one bit that he's actually selling cocaine on the side. Um, and, and he often complains that, that we claim that he's some kind of a, a, 
a cocaine kingpin, like a really big shot. And we've never said that. You know, he's just a small-time, on-the-street dealer. That That's all he is, and that's all he is in any part of his life. He's never been any kind of a drug kingpin. Um, he doesn't have the talent to do that. But um, he, he likes to talk about that that's what we talk about, you know, as far as describing his cocaine activities, his cocaine dealership. Um, it, it's small potatoes, but it's still – you know, damaging people's lives. Um, I, I know just a personal story that happened very recently. Uh, somebody that I know at work, um, his wife about three weeks ago passed away. Um, she was about 55 years old and uh, in poor health for years. She had had a stroke um, several years ago, and then over the past several months, she had like nine or ten strokes. I mean, it was amazing how it was. she just kept, having strokes, um, and, and she passed away about three weeks ago at the age of 55, uh, and, and I didn't find out until a week or two after she passed away that she was a meth addict, and, oh, wow. and so that explains so many things. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't expect someone to die at 55 from multiple strokes, except somebody that either had a, you know, genetic thing or, um, you know, a, a drug situation. Uh, and that's why I agree with Trump. I think that drug dealers should be eligible for the death penalty. Um, now, I'm not an advocate for the death penalty itself. Um, I, I am in favor of life in prison without possibility of parole, um, which is a death sentence on earth. Um, but, you know, for people that destroy other people's lives like that, um, they deserve the same punishment that someone that commits murder in my mind, you know, why, why not? If they cause other people's deaths, uh, that's really the same as murder. It, it just, it's not using a gun or a knife, but it's still killing them. Um, and, and to me, those kinds of people, um, you know, deserve that kind of punishment, particularly if they're big shots. I mean, I wouldn't give narco life in prison because he was just a little street drug dealer. Um, but yeah, if it was a big kingpin type guy, Absolutely. Um, no doubt about it in my mind. So anyway, that's my two cents um, about all that. <clears throat> and um, and I, I guess we'll just have to wait to hear from, from little Marco again, uh, see, what, see what he's up to. Uh, he, he just thinks he's so grand. But like you just said, Peter, I mean, the guy loses and loses so consistently. You know, we call him always stupid because that describes his behavior. Uh, he's just always stupid. Um, so it's, it's interesting. The very funny part is that he needs us to get most of his donations because when we basically stopped talking about him, his weekly donations went down to next to nothing. And then it was just within – when you brought Glenn back, and Glenn is the gentleman who runs MLM is Fraud YouTube channel, um, you know, we reluctantly started talking about some of the arguments that Glenn was making. That's how this conversation got started. He started doing these replays of us, and he picked up a considerable amount of donations. So the reality is, is that how the time has changed – he keeps saying that we need him, but the reality is he needs us more than we need him, and we don't need him at all. I am totally pleased if he uh, disappears completely. 
however that may happen, whether it's uh, a goon gets him, whether it's a WFG guy, hockey guy gets him, or whether it's a Primerica company guy that gets him one way or another, or somebody just finds him in the street and kicks the shit out of him because he did something when he was younger that deserves to have his ass kicked, who knows? But the reality is is that I won't miss him at all, um, but I think he'll miss us, Scott. So having said that, sweet revenge. Sweet revenge without lifting a finger. Pretty good. Unbelievable. Way to go, Marco. Yeah, he's, he's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> it kicked your own ass. Yeah. <laughs> kicked your yeah, own ass. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Oh, and, and, and remember, according to, to Marco, I pay you to be on the show. That's true. And I think a lot of his followers, which he calls would, goons, and they like that name, uh, they believe him. So there you go. Just remember, Coming up to the end of the year, always, Scott, you know, annual yeah. review, annual renewal, you know, it's got to definitely increase that because uh, we. There you go. I think you should so double it this year. How about that? I think Can you we'll make double it twice it. as last year? I could. We'll double it. We All right. Good it. deal. Uh, I, I'm in favor of that. Very good. <laughs> um, so. So I guess we can get off of both uh, Vincent and Marco here. Um, we won't, according to him, we won't be seeing him for a while, so that's good. Right. Uh, we can co- well, cover actually legitimate things, right? <laughs> yeah, and just one last thing. You, David Poole, who was here last week, was going to be here this week, but he had a Christmas party, I believe. So he yes. basically, yeah, he, he, he may be back, but he was supposed to be back, for those people that are wondering, um, but he had a Christmas party, so he kind of bailed out on this. Is that, at least that's what we were told. So yeah, no, I, I believe him. Yep. Yeah, I believe him. It was a it was a company Christmas party. I I certainly believe him, and and he's scheduled to come back on next Saturday. So I I fully expect him to be on here. Um, unlike Vince, Vince uh, got to make a major change to be on the show. So. There you go. Um, Vince once accused me of begging him to be on the show. I said, I've never begged anybody, and I never will. Um, we have plenty of great guests on this show. We don't need any particular individual. So that's that's total nonsense. Um, yeah. That's just and him I, trying to puff himself up. I'm not, I'm not really keen to the idea of us having him on the radio show and all of the stupid people making gay jokes about me, you, or him. So I'm okay if Vince never shows up. So sorry for those people that might be disappointed, but I'm I'm not necessarily looking forward to it. So you can pass on Vince. I'm okay with you if you pass on Vince. Anyway, so back okay. to uh, let's, go, let's go back over. You have my permission to pass on Vince. Sorry, Vince. Yeah, no problem. Sorry. Sorry, okay, buddy. So um, yep. So I so, guess um, we, we could go. Do you have something you want to talk about? Yeah. Let's touch on let's touch on something that we have not spoken about before. Um, for those people that are listening in, you know that MLM Mecca is uh, Utah. Like, there's probably more home offices for MLM companies in Utah than anywhere else. And for those people that are kind of following this, if you did a case study on stuff, you know, Amway was based on Christian values, at least a lot of them were, and people of faith of many kinds have a tendency of being attracted to MLM. So if you are if, uh, someone of faith, more than less likely you have a genetic you know, propensity 
to being involved with MLM because MLM is based a lot on faith and following and unquestioning and all that sort of stuff that makes people good followers and good leaders and makes the whole organization work kind of well. Well, Mormons are pretty big in, you know, the MLM world and Utah, of course, is that. And something that I was looking at, there was my little digression here. There was a movie recently called uh, Sound of Freedom. So I think if you go into soundoffreedom.org, you would be able to see the things on child sex trafficking. We've done the uh, couple of uh, radio shows on child sex trafficking. So I was kind of like a big fan of that movie because it was well done, although I didn't learn anything from watching that movie because of all the other things that I've been actively involved with. Um, the reality was is a good movie and it was good for those people that were not familiar with it. So, um, it was, it was good. Tim Ballard is the police, uh, guy, uh, who was the main person. And unfortunately, um, now by the way, the movie was a resounding success, made like $150 million. I think it was without ever playing a commercial and going through all the banning that they were banned with. They were like, it was a success story. But it was tainted by Tim Ballard, um, the main guy who this movie was about, and the founder of Underground Railroad, the one for children, um, that he was accused of basically molesting the women that were acting as their wives. Now I'm butchering this pretty well up, but the reality was is that what Tim did, allegedly, is he would tell the girls that were posing as the wives to try to get the kids back that, you know, hey, we have to sleep together. It's part of the, it's part of the shtick, if you will. It's part of the gig. It's part of the whole role. And they reluctantly said, well, we're really not like, why do we have to do that? And he'd like, no, no, we have to do it. And he was probably pretty overbearing. And he slept with a lot of women, showered with a lot of women, did a lot of things that eventually has now come back and really bit him hard in the idea. I shouldn't say that because, you know, we have some people might listening and they get kind of excited when I say that. So in a bad way, it came back and hurt him where he wound up resigning. He's had his image blemished. He's been, uh, he was a Mormon. He was kicked out of the Mormon church, I believe, if that's the right way, excommunicated. And in the studies of me following up with him, I ran across a channel called Mormon Stories on YouTube, which leads you down a rabbit hole about the Mormon church stuff. But as I was kind of going down the rabbit hole looking for this, all of a sudden, Russell Bronson shows up. Russell Bronson? B-R-U-N-S-O-N. I know that name. He's the guy that does click funnels. He's like the uh, Vince, N- not Vince Namoli. He, the, the, he's like the ShamWow guy of, you know, the internet. He's kind of like one of those self-proclaimed gurus that go after and do all those marketing things and is really kind of like a, you know, somebody who's been very successful financially. But the reality was is that he was helping to raise funds or donate funds to the Tim Ballard thing and the things that I've learned in reference to this is that Mormons are not supposed to lie. So Marco can't be a Mormon. We know that. So Mar- so Mormons are not supposed to lie. And Russell Bronson basically said that 
he was approached by the top guy, like one of the bishops or one of whatever in the Mormon situation, and it's just kind of dirty. So the only reason why I want to bring that up is because nobody else is talking about this, but Russell Bronson, ClickFunnels guy, basically is the Mormon who has been doing all the things associated with the money that you're giving him to raise his business, to do the stuff that he's doing with Tim Ballard. And I guess Russ really believes in Tim. So that willful blindness of saying like Tim, that they're making up lies about Tim, I think there's enough legitimate allegations from real women that don't have anything to they're not asking for money but it looks like it's really dirty so it's really bad that the underground railroad for children the whole uh what is it sound of freedom thing has been blemished by tim ballard basically having no morals relative to what he did to the women that um, he did things too. So long-winded story to basically say, look out for Russell Bronson. He's that ClickFunnels guy, and um, the Mormons themselves are really, in de- really into a lot of things, including MLM. And when you go through the dirty things you hear about what happens sometimes in their churches, um, you'd wonder how they might be running a business, and I'm not really sure. They really don't think very well of outsiders. So. It's a, it's a complex thing. MLM Mecca, like I said, the original, like where you go to, where you go to, like Jerusalem to some kind of a wall or Mecca to some kind of a wall. If you're going to go to MLM and, and kneel down by the wall, you're going to go to, you know, Utah somewhere, whether it's in Salt Lake or Provo or some of the other ones that they might be in. Um, that was one of the things, Scott, that I just wanted to kind of bring up. So back to you. Yeah, and and I think um, the the technical term for um, what Ballard did was method acting. It's what actors often do to get into the role. You know, they you know if they're you know overweight as a character in the movie, then they gain weight. If they're in really good physical condition, they work out. You know, and they or if they want to uh, sort of mimic the behaviors and the personality of the person that they're, um, you know, representing in the movie, um, then they'll study them. They'll, they'll, you know, read about them. They'll see all the videos they can find of them and, you know, understand how they talk and the words they use and the inflections they use in their voice, all those kinds of things. Uh, it's called method acting. And it looks like Tim Ballard took that to a pretty good extreme uh, with all those women. It's, it's pretty, uh, Pretty clever in an evil way. Um, sure it is. It's, uh, and I, it's, uh, I hope, I hope Marco what, isn't going to try to try to convince some women to do method acting for MLM because it really doesn't fit. So, but you know, <laughs> so all you women out there, women's alert, women alert. We don't care about yeah, the guys. That, like I don't care about the guys, but women alert. <laughs> Marco's on the prowl. Yeah, he's he's loose. Don't he's loose many in the ideas. world. You don't have to sleep with Marco. <laughs> To infiltrate <laughs> an MLM, <laughs> it's not necessary. There you go. Yeah, I've come across Brunson before. I, I, yeah, Brunson, like you said, like the sham wow guy of uh, MLM uh, recruiting, I guess is what you could call it. Um, yeah, he doesn't come off very well. Even before all of this, before I knew all of this, I, I didn't think much of him uh, as far as that goes. It's all... You know, most of these people that that uh, do MLM coaching, all of them that I know of, um, they they talk about recruit, 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 and I don't think there's hardly any, if any, 
um, emphasis on retail sales, and most of them are failed MLMers themselves, and so um, they don't know how to retail sale anyway. Um, so, you know, so they stick with the recruiting side of things, which I told the FTC last May, that's May of 2022, as part of my response uh, to their request for input on the uh, 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 product claims and, and uh, income claims, because uh, they asked a specific question, what do you think about these MLM coaches? Uh, and I told them, I said, look, I think they should talk at least 50% about retail selling because, um, you know, that's been sort of the accepted minimum according to the Vima and Herbalife settlements, um, the amount of retail sales that you need. So if a, if a household buys a hundred bucks for their own household on a given month, they need to sell at least a hundred dollars to customers and so forth. Um, so that's, you know, that's where I stand on the MLM coaches. Now, one part, Peter, maybe you can explain this because a big part of the uh, video that you, the link that you sent me, talked about um, publicizing the donors and the amount of money. Where, where does that, uh, this is the donors and the amount of money, I think, to the LDS church. Um, how does that fit into the whole story of Ballard and all the other characters here? Sure. So part of the Mormon religion, and I'm, remember I'm an outsider, so I'm not going to give you the technical details because they're pretty deep into this stuff. I mean, if you watch Mormon stories on YouTube, you'll see the, some of the inside scoop of these stuff. These guys have this stuff down, too. Like, if you thought MLM was bad, when I say bad, I mean organized. Like, this is organized. So you're supposed to tithe 10% of your income if you're just a, like a regular Mormon guy. So to the church, back to the church. So <clears throat> tithe means basically give your money to. So 10% of your income is straight back to the church. So <clears throat> there's a lot of very wealthy Mormon people, and they really are into this church thing. So they are high donors to the church. And what happened was, and I don't know the titles, so I'm going to call them president or bishop. So the president or bishop wound up basically giving Tim Ballard the list of high donors so he can go out there and solicit funds for the movie or for his projects. And Russell Brunson was one of the people that were called to donate to Tim Ballard. So that's how Russell got involved with Tim. Well, the scuttlebutt was that the top guy in the Mormon church, I'm going to call him, was asked, you know, so how did this happen? And he basically, I don't know. Like, I don't know, it's just going to happen. And that's not true. He told Russell Bronson to donate. And, like, if the top guy tells you to donate, you kind of donate. It's a little bit like the mafia. Like, you know, hey, you got to do this for this guy. It's like, okay, don't even ask any questions. So when asked, like, well, did you help? Did you give Tim Ballard any of our names? The answers were no, but he kind of was playing sleight of hand by omission. He didn't personally do it. Other people in the organization did. So there's a lot of people kind of pissed off that high donors lists are floating around given to Tim Ballard by the top Mormon church people. Um, and um, that's part of the scuttlebutt as far as all that stuff is right there. And, um, you know, th th there's, a lot, there's a lot of money 
in the Mormon religion. I mean, this is an organized machine, and they can they they are probably as powerful, if not more powerful, than the U.S. government in some areas. So if there's an article that's written in the newspaper. Somebody picks up the phone, hey, I'm the Mormon church, get that article out. It's gone. I mean, they don't even have to hang up and wait for a dial tone. It's, it's deleted. So they are, they are powerful, very powerful organization and people. And uh, unfortunately, Tim Ballard kind of really messed it up with his, you know, method acting, let's call it, or his, you know, moral codes. And the really interesting thing that I learned, Scott, and we'll kind of ramble on for this for one more minute, is that lying is not permissible in the Mormon religion. Like the whole Mormon religion is really interesting. To, it's fascinating to listen to because everybody's trying to beat everybody else inside the own Mormon religion for the 144,000 spots in like heaven. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a really interesting story. And, um, I, and I'm not doing anything except for just like amazed with the story. Like they're really into this stuff. And you have to do so many things to make sure that you're elevated above everybody else, like top tier. And the idea that if you lie, you're excommunicated from the church. You can't even go to your, you, you kind of excommunicated from your own family and you can't even go to your own kids' weddings. Like they really abolish you. When we talked about Scientology, they make Scientology look like pussies. I mean, the Mormon people at the upper levels are just like, oh, my gosh. So it's kind of fascinating to watch horrifying, I think, if you're somebody there. And if you've ever wa wondered why those Mormon people have a little bit of a, a weird stare, <laughs> it's because it, they're there's something else. Let me tell you, there's something else. So, but Russell, but the point that I wanted to make is that um, Tim Ballard was doing something that a lot of people really believed in with saving children from child sex trafficking. And unfortunately, he really, he single-handedly pulled the Marco. He blew it. He kicked his own ass. And unfortunately, I think it hurt a lot of people, including the cause. So back to you. And Glenn Beck, you know, if you're familiar with Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck was a big, um, proponent. He really got hurt by this. He, Tim Ballard really screwed a lot of people be, because um, he did the things that he did, allegedly. But, you know, you have to say allegedly only because he hasn't been proven in court. But from the people that I've listened to, have heard from the people that have been the accused uh, or, accu or have been uh, violated, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. He'd be criminally charged easily, I'm sure. So back to you, Scott. Yeah, and if you remember, um, you know, the Mormons um, used to have multiple wives, and oh, yeah. they also wanted to join the United States years ago. And the United States said, well, we'll, we'll let you become a state, but you got to get rid of this polygamy stuff. And so, so the Mormons agreed to it, but I don't think they ever really fully believed it. Um, in fact, a lot of the more... Uh, I guess you'd call it progressive or aggressive or fringe, whatever word you want to use, of the of the Mormon uh, religion, um, still practice multiple wives, and um, the way they've sort of gotten around the law is they officially marry only one woman, but then they have you know another handful of uh, quote unquote girlfriends, and they have children with each of them, and they all live together. 
you know, but technically they're only married to one woman. Um, but that's what you get, whether it's Mormons or um, MLMs, right? It's a very isolated um, uh, environment. You know, it's all, you know, very inwardly focused. Um, and, and so you get all this abuse coming out because they're, they're sort of cut off from the rest of society and then they get a big head and they think they can uh, do whatever they want. And, and uh, not that people outside of those areas don't do the same thing, but I don't think they do it to the extent, you know, that you see in MLMs and in and, and the Mormon religion. And the same thing happens in the Catholic religion, right? We've had all these priests over the years that have been convicted of um, sexually molesting boys and girls um, over the years. And, and uh, again, it's more of a closed sort of society and these abuses can occur um, because they have so much power over the members and, and they think they can get away with it. And they often do for long periods of time. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's all part of that whole thing, too. And just for complete clarification, I mean, I have some customers that are Mormon and, you know, people that I know from other businesses and even people that I know in this business are Mormon. So it's not the... The, the regular ones, it's the, rad, the radicals. It's, the, it's just like MLM. It's anybody that takes it to the, uh, the next extent. So it's the more of the radical ones that are a little bit over the top. But, um, but there's, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just, in, uh, just like with MLM, I think, you know, most of the people in MLMs are good people. And probably most yeah. Mormons are good people. But it's the ones at the top um, that are okay. doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And they can get away with it. So it's, yeah, yeah. same thing. I remember I was in San Antonio at a distributor rights association meeting with Rod Cook in the early days, and a friend of ours, his name is Richard, said to me one of the things, um, you know, hey, are, are you LDS? And I'm like, no, I like girls. You know, what my response was, no, I like girls. What is LDS? That sounds kind of gross. He says, oh, then you're not. If you don't, I said, what is it? He says, then you're not. And I, he said, well, where the president of the Mormon church is opening up the new tabernacle, I think they would call it, temple rather, the new temple in San Antonio, and it just happens to be tonight, would you want to come with us? You know, there's several of us, they were with, they were working with a company, um, it doesn't matter which one at this time, but they were working with a company, there were several of them, and they said, we're going. I said, absolutely, I'll go. I always like the learning experience. <clears throat> and it was a great experience it was a stadium packed with you know probably 20,000 people it was family friends and I forget what the other one was so faith oh faith family and friends and the great speakers great things great everything I was like this was a fantastic event so the majority of the people are wonderful people uh, you know, great people. And I, I'm not saying this in any other way except for absolutely, positively, that was my experience. And then when you started to learn what goes on behind the scenes, like, holy crap, like, you guys are crazy. Like, you guys are spooky crazy. So anyway, so having said that, it's just the radicalized ones or the ones that are in seeking for the power. So back to you, Scott. Yep, yep, yeah, good points. Um, so okay, I guess we only have a few. That was Russell Brunson. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I took kind of hijacked this, but this is uh, the Russell Bronson and the um, child sex trafficking and whatever. Nobody's talking about it. So, you know, we kind of handled it because nobody else is. Back to you. 
Right. I mean, I, I haven't been watching the news a whole lot lately, but I haven't really heard much about this. But it is a big deal. So um, I guess Glenn Beck has been covering it because he's a Mormon too, right? Yep. Yeah, and he well, he covered it and basically promoted it. And then when this happened, he basically said, I interviewed the girls because I didn't believe it at first. I interviewed the women that were making these allegations, and I'm ashamed to say I really believe them. Um, so... Um, and so Glenn Beck basically said, I'm in a very awkward position because I endorse this. I believe this. I still believe in the cause, but Tim let us down. And, you know, it, Glenn Beck did the right thing, but the reality was Tim, Tim let a lot of people down. I mean, that's the reality. Like Tim Ballard, like you fucked up. So that's a shame. But Glenn Beck basically says, I can't, I can't endorse him anymore. And I'm probably going to shy away from that organization, which means that Tim also kind of killed the organization, even though he got kicked out of his own organization. Um, it just it just sucks. The, the bottom line is that it just sucks. So for the for the stupid things that men do, uh, most of the times men, it just it blew it. It just blew it blew a good thing. So lots of people got hurt. So back to you, Scott. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We only have a couple of minutes left, but there was. There was a story here that I saw um, just at the beginning of the show on BehindMLM.com, and, and this is uh, something I know we've talked about before as far as the overreach of the government. Um, and so the date on it is December 2nd, 2023, and the headline is SEC, that's the um, Securities and Exchange Commission of the federal government, SEC facing sanctions for incorrect dates in X or IX global case. So apparently the SEC went after this company called IX global, uh, but then they made some stuff up or they made some mistakes, but they were significant. Um, and this is one of those ex parte things where, you know, the government can go to a judge and say, Hey judge, this is going on and this is going on and you need to take some strong action. Um, and now the judge is upset because they basically betrayed his trust that they were telling the truth, right? Because ex parte is only one side gets to talk to the judge, uh, and that's intentional because you don't want the other side finding out about it because they might do something to hide the money or whatever they're in trouble for. Um, and, and so this ex parte has a real purpose. Uh, the problem is when the government gets it wrong, it violates the rights of whoever they're going after. And I have no idea if this, uh, you know, X, this IX company is a scam or not. I've never heard of them, actually. Um, but, um, you know, this is government overreach at its unfinest. Um, and it's something that we've talked about before, um, that, you know, we like a government that behaves itself, not that takes advantage of a situation that they have an advantage to begin with, you know, they need, they need to be straight up, not uh, cheating, basically. So we'll see where this goes, but it was an interesting headline. Uh, I don't know if you even saw it, Peter, or if you had any other comments on that. No, I, I did. Yeah, the headline caught my attention. And basically, like you said, the you know, either whether it's the FTC or the SEC goes to a judge, pleads their case. The judge says, is this, is this real? Is this true? And then does a closure, like they did a temporary restraining order, only to find that the evidence that was presented by the SEC was a lie. It was a lie. And the judge is pissed and is going to sanction and should sanction the SEC. Now, the problem is 
IX Global is probably, you know, of questionable practices. Lots of companies are when they first get started and then they try to clean up their act. And they were trying to basically get out of the United States into another Middle Eastern country um, because they would be away from the jurisdiction of the United States. And that's just stupid because if you are doing business in the U.S., they can pull you. It doesn't matter what the rules are in the country you're in. If you're doing business in the U.S., you have to abide by the U.S. rules. And they can drag your ass back to the U.S. soil and put you in jail like they're doing with some of the people from OneCoin. So even the IX Global people are stupid because they thought moving their operations or their funds overseas was going to be some level of protection. It isn't. But the SEC fucked up by, you know, doing the old switcheroos on the dates. They're not stupid. They probably just falsified evidence. And I'll make that statement pretty well because it probably wasn't a rookie mistake. You don't make rookie mistakes during ex parte uh, things. So they they fucked up or they manipulated stuff, and they blew it, ba- blew it past the judge who made this decision. And it may actually jeopardize uh, whether IX Global is going to be either prosecuted or not. They probably need to be based on why did they leave anyway? Probably because they had to move overseas where they were outside of the jurisdiction of the U.S. So back to you, Scott. Yeah, and, you know, one of the countries that, that a lot of MLMers move to is Dubai uh, because yep. they do not have an extradition agreement with the United States. And so um, there's there's a lot of these people in, in Dubai uh, because they know they're they're safe there. Um, in fact, it was interesting because some of the comments that uh, Marco's goons were making on his latest video is that he's going to go to Dubai, um, which is which is a joke because it's very expensive to live there, and Marco has no money, and, and that's how stupid his goons are, not realizing, um, you know, the, the basic facts of, yeah, of uh, living. Yeah, and he gets he gets thrown off a of roof. He would get yeah. thrown off a roof for sure. Yeah, so it, it's just—I <laughs> mean, we could spend—we could spend several entire shows talking about how stupid just the comments on his videos are. Okay. That, that's how—that's how it is. It, it's crazy. So, um, so I guess there's a couple other quick uh, headlines I could sure. mention here. Uh, I always like to mention things when uh, you know people get caught. So there's a. Another story from today, December 2nd, 2023, the headline is Nimbus Platforms, Andrea Xenon arrested in Spain. I I have no idea who he is or who that company is, but it's just good to see uh, one of these people being arrested for a change. Um, Anything more on that one? I'll move on. No, I don't know about that company. So there's a – yeah, I never heard of it. Um, Another December 2nd. 2023, um, Dennis DeVoren sentenced to 12 months for I2G Ponzi fraud. I think there's been several of, of people from that company that have been uh, sentenced recently. Um, but here's the one that uh, we, we could probably finish the show out on. Um, it's December 1st, 2023, and it says uh, top GS partners promoter presenting at GoPro 2023. <laughs> So this is our favorite guy, Eric Worre, unfavorite, actually. Um, and there's been, I think, around a dozen states and uh, several provinces in Canada 
that have put out warnings on this GS Partners company. Um, but he's going to be the star at uh, uh, Eric Warre's uh, GoPro um, uh, convention here in the near future. So it, it, it never stops to surprise me, I guess. Um, you know, it, it's like so incredible you expect it. Um, but that's yeah. actually the truth. So crazy stuff. Oh. Yeah, they, yeah, Anything I more on that one? No, when you dig through the article, you'll find that that guy was doing business with Eric and they probably owed each other something. So like, hey, you do this, you'll be able to speak at my event. So now he's letting them speak at his event. And Eric War is off the rails. I mean, that man is just, he's lost. His moral compass is broken. So if there ever was one, there is one, there is not one now. That man is just broken. So having said that, now he's not broke because he's sucking the life out of and sucking the money from a lot of people in this industry. But he's broken. Anyway, having said that, Scott, why don't you uh, give out your website? We'll close it up. Yeah, uh, the website, you can find my three websites, actually, and the link to this radio show um, and my YouTube link and my email. It's all on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Johnson, S-C-O-T-T-T-E-X-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word. And Peter, thanks again, um, and we'll, we'll visit again next Saturday. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.